National Talkie League. Well, Rumble, young man, Rumble. This is the National Talkie League, you see. I am Roger Kincaid. Miles away but close to our hearts is Dave Ware. And we have got um, what what resembles a a crossbreed of a Tasmanian devil and a whirling dervish. And I'm going to explain that right after this theme song. National Talkie League, it's about Olympics. National Talkie Leagues, it's not simplistic. National Talkie League, let's get a big stick. You know, <laughs> you know the uh, the Tasmanian Devil, Dave, that would, um, you know, spin around really, really quickly going, ah, blue, blah, blue, blah, right? And people would get him tattooed on their ankle in the 80s. Uh, and I don't even know what a whirling dervish is. Maybe you can explain that to me. It's a it's a dancer, Roger. Oh well, is it ag- aggressive or Middle Eastern? Lots of spinning. Is there any anger whatsoever associated with this act? Generally, not so mad, but they're just spinning. Yeah. Uh, okay, because I was kind of trying to hybridize those to describe how you're feeling about several topics today, <laughs> and that's where the show's headed. Oh, I'm just having one of those days, you know, where you, uh, you know, little things start getting in your nerves and. Uh, and you're trying to put something away and you drop four pieces of it, but a one at a time. So you grab the, and then you pick that one up and the next one, and you're just like, God damn it, I've had enough of this. And then uh, you had a nap a little earlier, so you wake up and you're in that sort of post-nap, slightly grouchy mood. That's where I'm at, Roger. All right. Well, let's let's tap into that, Dave. Let's keep it rolling. Let's use that channel, that energy, and, and put it into words. And if I just say random things, will you rant about them? I can do my best. Okay. Um, Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> um, tired of Olympics. Want Olympics to go away. Have no time for Olympics. Uh, yeah. Well, I loved your post in Beleaguered Talkies, right? And I just kind of thought, man, this is obviously a call to do an episode of the National Talkie League. But you, you said that, uh, uh, I'm not even reading it. I, I should have it right in front of me. But you basically said, hey, the city said we're not going to spend any more of Dave's money unless the province chips in more of Dave's money. And then the feds oh, said- Oh, no, here, I got, I got it <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah, so it goes like me. this. It goes like this. Uh, the city. Well, we'd like to put up a bunch of Dave's money. <laughs> and then the fair. province says, well, we'll match that with some more of Dave's money. And the federal government says, yeah, well, you know what? We're going to chip in even more of Dave's money. And then Dave says, well, hang on, guys. I don't even know if I want the Olympics. And they all say, no one asked you, Dave. Now, are they asking you with the plebiscite that's coming up? Do you consider that a request for input? Technically, but it's a non-binding plebiscite. So they're asking me, but by no means will they take what I say, you know, necessarily yeah. that seriously. What a what a mess this whole thing is. It, it's, it's, it's it's like this, Roger. It's like, you're ready. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, hit me. You're, you you want to go for wings a lot. Like you've been thinking about wings all day, right? You can taste that, like that spicy teriyaki. Oh, you can just feel it in your mouth already. So you say to your wife, uh. Hey, uh, you want to go uh, to grab something for dinner? What do you want to grab for dinner? And she says, let's go for burgers. And you go, nope, wings. We're definitely doing wings. That's a non-binding plebiscite. <laughs> All right. Well, when you put it out, I actually like the non-binding plebiscite a lot more now than I did when I started describing it. I, I just want wings now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but like as a, as a municipality, I mean, what are you holding a non-binding plebiscite for? We'd like to take your opinion just so you know, though, it doesn't really matter to us. Yeah, just so that you're heard, I guess. 
Oh no. Yeah, is that what this the, the citizens of this great city are craving that we can just drop a several hundred thousand dollars so we feel heard? My other uh, my other post about this for today on my own page was was uh, what if the three billion dollar Olympic bid was really the friends we made along the way? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, and oh, sorry. Also, this yeah. week the uh, the city has uh, decided that we're going to go to every other week for the green bin pickup. Um, oh. so yeah. the green bins will be picked up every other week now, and. Uh, so the spokesperson for the city said, oh, it's going to save the city $2 million a year. And then it occurred to me, hey, you guys raised the rate. Like, we're paying for that now. You've just cut the service in half, but you're not giving me any of my money back. But you're talking about how much money you've saved. It's like borrowing 20 bucks from your dad. Somebody else buys you lunch, so you've saved $10. But you don't give it back to your dad, do you? <laughs> That's right. We're in a shooting gallery of topics here. We're just going to pick targets at random and fire away. Before we get back to the Olympics, though, let's dwell on this because I have a real problem with the way this city does the waste collection, right? So we got the three bins, which I think is great, but you pay the same as I do. There's twice as many people living in your house. Right. And I mean, I've been to your garden, Dave. Quite frankly, I would imagine you produce a lot more of that green bin matter than I do. Oh, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. But we pay the same, right? And it's like, you know, I think that you and I should have a duel and the loser of the duel should pay the other person's waste collection fees. Uh, no, I don't think that. What, what I think, though, is that it's it's it, it just seems like there's this tremendous imbalance of this really in, in this really imperfect system. But it's kind of plain to see, like when they stopped collecting garbage every week. That just sort of seemed to me like, well, that that's great. Like, that makes so much more sense. But why don't you – like, why were they collecting the green bin every week in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. And, I mean, the, the costs that are associated with it, the fact that they're, you know, just basically – Going, oh, we're only going to do it half as much, but we're still going to charge you the same amount. Not that we would get right. much back individually on two million bucks over, you know, what there's what one point two million people. I don't know how many households we're talking about, anyways. Um, but there was a proposal, or there was some discussion about maybe doing it by weight, which would solve the problem you're talking about, right? Exactly, yeah. Charge by weight. You had put an RDIF chip in. You can measure as it, the thing picks it up, weighs it drops it in and uh the best quote was from is it joe meglioka is that how you pronounce yep. it anyways he was like well you know in my ward uh what's going to happen is people are going to take their garbage and go put it in somebody else's bin and i was like are you saying that the people in your ward are jerk faces <laughs> that sounds like what you're saying <laughs> yeah if he doesn't qualify that in my ward i don't know about your wards but here's what here's how it rolls in the back alleys where i'm the ruler and i mean i guess there is potential for that i can't see it oh. being a widespread problem but, who's gonna uh, do that honestly who's gonna do that well and then uh, and, and know, by not, the way what's the sorry hang on a second let's yep. examine this a little bit so you and i live across the alley from each other and i sneak my garbage into yours and you sneak your garbage into mine <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and it occurred to me that if you did something like that, you could charge uh, different amounts for different types of waste, like landfill garbage. You could charge a little bit more for recycling, a little bit less, and then green, even less, because that's what we want. We want the green stuff because we can get rid of that, right? Yeah. So, or you could judge it basing according to the cost of what it, it costs to get rid of that stuff. But that kind of makes sense because then you could say, yeah, you know what? You want to lower your garbage bill? Stop throwing so much stuff out, right? Recycle more. Right. Well, I just wanted smaller bins. Like, I'm happy with the size of my blue bin, but it's a real, like, I've, 
you you have to be a glutton to fill up that green bin. Has any email or post in the beleaguered talkies group if you've ever filled your green bin, yard waste not included? Uh, I was looking at way waiting for that qualifier because I've definitely done it. But well, sure, yeah, right? not not everyone filled it. Yeah, everyone filled it in the last week. But I mean, like, tell me that in March you're filling your green bin or February. Uh, and then while we're on the subject of cleaning up for the fall, I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe don't rake as much as you normally do, right? Because I don't know if most people know this, but when you leave the leaves on the ground, uh, then the bugs have a chance to overwinter there and they can grow more bugs. And then the birds come and eat those bugs. And then there's more birds. And I like birds. We should have more birds. How do I get more bats? That's what I want. Good question. I haven't had any bats. I had two goals for my house. Do you want to hear my two bird goals? Yes. Man, then we're going to talk about the Olympics. We are so <laughs> off topic right now. Here's the, here's the two goals that I wanted to have in my yard. We have a lot of plants. Our whole front yard is all bushes and plants and stuff. So we had a lot of birds and then we put up a feeder. And so now there's tons of like little sparrows that come to the house and little finches. It's amazing. It's great. So my two goals were this one. I want a hummingbird. It's a lot to ask. It's too lot. cold here. Yeah. We had one hummingbird ever at my house and it was like gray. There was no color to it. <laughs> it was a very dull looking hummingbird, but I want a nice colorful hummingbird. The other one I wanted was a blue jay. I know there's blue jays in town. I've seen a couple over near Curry. Yeah. My wife's continually telling me they're not going to come here. Not in this neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. We put a little spruce tree in a couple of weeks ago. Blue jay. No kidding. Yep. Uh, that's cool. So Is now it- I got to get a little feeder. We've had a blue jay around here for three or four years. Oh, yeah. She's showing off now. I know. Yeah, they're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's the thing is we're trying to we're trying to encourage the birds to hang out. So anyways, that was the point of my long rant, which is just to say if you're tired of uh, sweeping up all them leaves, maybe just leave them until the spring. All right. Blue jays, baseball, sports, Olympics. Uh, Dave, I have decided I'm going to vote yes in the plebiscite. You have, you're lying. No, I'm serious. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Talk to me about why. Okay. And I've listened to, uh, to all of the the arguments. And keep in mind, like Google the name Andrew Zimbalist right now. Okay. Andrew Zimbalist is an economist who talks a lot and writes a lot about uh, this very thing, you know, the economic non-benefits of, of hosting um, the Olympics, the World Cup, et cetera, et cetera. And I've interviewed this guy like two or three times. Okay. Uh, I've re- I read the Trevor Toom op-eds. I've, we've spoken to the Toominator. I get it. I've, I'm, I'm versed. I've got all the info that I need. I'm voting yes. Here's why. If it's going to cost me, what? What do they say? Like 2500 bucks a household? That sounds about right. Okay. Don't quote me, but you, you get the point I'm making. If it's going to cost me that much money, and I own two households, by the way. I got two properties. Then I want to know what's in it for me. And I believe that the case can be made that property values increase when an Olympics is on their way. And so I stand a profit. And I believe that, you know, one person, one vote, one issue. That's how I tell people to go cast their ballots in elections, municipal, provincial, and federal. So I look at this plebiscite and I think to myself, I stand to gain if the Olympics come to town. I believe I will be a net positive. So I'm going for it. So that sounds like a good plan, except you're only going to see that increase in your property value if, one, you sell the property before the Olympics, or two, uh, the value stays after the Olympics. Uh, sure. And then yeah. I also consider that I might be able to Airbnb my property during the Olympics to recoup the cost that I uh, have incurred to host the Olympics. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, there are good reasons to have it. 
uh, Scott uh, has made the comment many times about the infrastructure that we are going to be replacing anyway, and we might as well get some federal assistance to do that. So there certainly are some good arguments in favor of it. I'm just, I think I'm just tired of it in the in the general grumpy taxpayer. Over the last few years, I feel like I've just been beaten to death with taxes. And now the city that can you know barely afford to put three hundred million on the table wants to spend a minimum of three billion. We all know it's not going to be three billion by the time all is said and done, and that we're just going to be paying property taxes. That's that might offset that gain in your, you know, that gain that you're talking about in your value, your property value is going to be wiped out by the fact that your taxes are going to go up on each of those properties. Yeah, well, presumably my taxes are going up to cover that 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 cost, that incurred cost, but I don't know, man. I just I I just look at the way this whole thing has been handled. I mean, it is the saltiest. It's the worst Olympic bid. I lived in Vancouver when they were trying to get the 2010 games, right? And I remember, listen, man, when when they were talking about that, I was like, "No, we shouldn't have the Olympics. It's too expensive and the the the, the economics don't work out." So I was anti-Olympics in Vancouver. But like but they then were, look what happened. No, they well, got the Olympics. Thousands of people died. <laughs> the climate has gone nowhere but up. The temperature, world temperatures, have gone up since. It, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that people were really positive and happy. They were excited about the prospect of of having the Olympics. It wasn't fraught with all this like negativity, and it wasn't as though like we're we're trying to decide should we bear the yoke or should we force the yoke upon Italy. <laughs> they were they were excited. It was their first time. Not our first time. We've done this before. That's right. Yeah, we'll last a little. This our Olympics will last three times as long. We know what we're doing now. <laughs> the other thing that was ticking me off, I was thinking about, was uh, you know, what are the odds that you're going to be able to get tickets for the good events? Right? You won't be able to. You won't be able to get tickets or stuff. That's the thing that pisses me off too. It's like, great, we're bearing the brunt of the uh, the money that's being paid. And we know, I mean, I don't know if it's the same for the Olympics, but I know the stats for the World Cup, basically 90% of the tickets sold are local, right? People do travel and go to the games and stuff, but like 90% of it is the people from that country that are filling <laughs> the stands for those games. And I suspect the Olympics are in that neighborhood as well. It might not be 90, it might be 80%, but most of that stadium is going to be filled with locals. And yet, how many of those good tickets do you think those locals are going to be able to get their hands on, right? Uh, yeah, right. Um, is, so what do you make of like the personalities that surround this Olympic bid? I guess I, why bother assessing too many of them? How do you feel about Nenshi on this whole thing? I don't know where he's at. He keeps, keeps waffling back and forth all over the place. The bid's off. Now it's on. Now it's off. Now it's on. I suspect he wants it. It's a good legacy thing for him. Yeah, that, exactly. It's it's a legacy thing for him. But I, I you know, I, I thought that that letter over the weekend, where he basically said, like, "Come on, guys, like let's let's kind of lay it all out here. Let's just put things on the table and, and get things figured out." It was funny. Like when that letter, when was that letter drafted? Was it Friday? And then they had the weekend, and they were going to talk about it on Tuesday or something like that. That is sounds that, right. Is that yeah. the timeline? I just I read that story and I'm like, oh. Come on, stop making this look like anything but posturing. 
Like he's just basically telling the feds, we're going to cancel the bid and we're going to blame it on you. And if you guys think that you're going to get any track, you've already lost a pipeline out here. You've got a progressive government. You know, let's try to keep the ball rolling by committing some of that money that you're squandering, that you're not letting us earn out here. So I just thought it was a hilarious charade, really. And it played out. Then she kind of he played Trudeau like a fiddle. So it's hilarious to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little uh it's it's a little ridiculous. And then the city council meeting and you know the uh the yes guys all came out for the big meeting and sang the national anthem and sent kids up there in toques to show them how great it would be and I'm just like if you guys get swayed by this garbage when everything else has been about numbers and facts and not about, you know, emotionalism and then the yes committee has apparently spent all their money making nice videos where you know, they sort of grab your heartstrings and say, guys, don't you really, really want, and you know, the Olympics. And I don't know. I think the more I think about it, I'm like, what, you know, I hate to be that guy, but what's in it for me? What do I get out of this? And I don't mean, I don't need money in my pocket or anything, but great. I get a sense of pride in my city. Great. That's fantastic. There's other ways to do that. Um, I might get to go to one, maybe two events if I'm super lucky. Uh, it's probably not going to be anything I actually want to go to. Uh, maybe I'll go out and take the kids out and we'll see some champion, do some champion like thing. And that's all I get out of it, but I get to pay the full bill. Meanwhile, these athletes who, you know, get to use those, those, uh, facilities for the next four or five years, they're not paying very much for that stuff. They're right. some, probably not even from Calgary. <laughs> they're just going to fly in and use my stuff. Uh, I just, I just, I just that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's the same thing. I'm I'm paying for fire stations and I'm paying for schools that I don't go to and roads that I don't drive on. So why shouldn't I pay for a huge, expensive two week, well, you know, super yeah. elite white guy, you know, uh, sporting <laughs> event? Why not? Well, next, oh, you're trying. Well, you know to what, tell Roger? Me I'm the, on. You're, you're <laughs> telling me the Winter Olympics are disproportionately white. Is that what you're telling me? Is that what you're trying to pass off on me now? I might be. Uh, you know what, Roger? I'm in. I, I'm in the yes. <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? You're on my. You're, you're yeah, the top of the sure. leaders with me here on this yes bid. Yeah, if they don't spend my money on that, they'll find something else stupid to spend it on. So. You, you know, David. That's I, I don't know. I mean, the thing that the thing that sticks to me is that it's absurd to me that we would talk about farming out some of the events. And I, I'm pretty oh, yeah, sure yeah. there was some horse trading going on to to ensure that like you know hockey games are played in edmonton's new rink and figure skating happens in edmonton's new rink and all this stuff like that just to make sure that the financial commitment comes down from you know our our overlords in edmonton um but you know it's what is it eight years away um i don't think the ndp is going to be the government at that time i'd say screw them uh, and I, it's, and especially the notion that you'd have events at Whistler, like that's crazy. I think that's just crazy. Yeah. Dear BC, screw your, uh, go pound sand. We've got nice mountains. We've got places we can do those things. I kind of understand having a second rink available in Edmonton. They've got a really nice stadium. We could have, you know, twice as many games happening. I kind of get that, but all the way to Whistler, like what's going to happen? You're going to finish the event. Are you going to fly back to Calgary for the medal ceremony? Is that, <laughs> is that the plan? Or yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's another time zone. You know, I mean, I get when they do that for the world cup because you need 30 stadiums and you need to use them, you know, all at the same time. Kind of, I get that spreading it out over the country, but I don't know. The winter Olympics has always been a city, right? Yeah. I don't know if they've ever twin cityed. And the summer they have, I think, two like two countries have hosted or 
you know, two cities have hosted, but I don't know if the winter's ever done that. I guess I'm thinking of the World Cup when Japan and Korea co-hosted it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking yeah, of, too. But yeah, but I'm trying—I don't know if there have ever—I I wonder if there's a precedent for that. But it's, I don't, like, yeah. The thing about hockey, though, right? I mean, you know, you're talking about the need for multiple stadiums and stuff like that. Hockey's the only event. I mean, is there another event where you'd need more than one stadium? I don't think so. I don't think so. And so— uh, I guess you need a couple sheets of Olympic ice, but you certainly don't need stadiums for them. No. Like, who's going to see those, you know, the Kazakhstan-Switzerland game? Well, and we did it with just the Saddle Dome last time. Yeah. That's pretty much why the Saddle Dome was built, right? Well, didn't, no, we used, there was another, we used, I think, the Saddle Dome and Father David Bauer Arena, didn't oh, we? Was that right? I think there was multiple rinks used back then, too. So, like, it's or not Max like we didn't Bell, I don't know. Maybe Max Bell, yeah, but... <clears throat> I mean, I yeah, I think there's there's ways to get around that without like shooting so much value up the highway and kind of, you know, making Calgarians pay for something that Edmontonians get the benefit from. Or, you know, Edmonton chips in a little bit. If they, you want the hockey games, well, work over some dough. That's the argument they'd make that the province is funding it. So we should get a people. We're in the province, too, you know. It's oh, like, well, great. Then, that's why then, we're playing the gold medal game in Fort McMurray, dick. Great. Then, yeah. So then Calgary doesn't have to pay anything extra either, right? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Oh man, ooh la la. Um, what else are you hot about, man? Uh, what else is getting on my nerves these days, Roger? Uh, I don't know if there's anything that's really. Oh, this this Statistics Canada thing with Trudeau. That's kind of bugging me too. Okay, lay this out. So basically, uh, the federal government has been using has been taking. Uh, or talking about taking the banking info of 500,000 Canadians chosen at random. What are the odds that, I don't know, Bill Morneau is going to be one of them? <laughs> well, is it zero? That's what I thought. Um, and so anyways, they're going to use that data, that spending data, to help make them make uh, economic decisions based on that. And when Trudeau was asked about it, when he was asked to defend it in question period, he was like, well, you know, if the conservatives haven't gotten rid of the long-form census, we wouldn't need them. And I was like, you know what? You guys have been in charge for a couple of years. You brought the long-form census back. What's the problem here? You just want 500,000, and it's 500,000 per year, by the way. Mm -hmm. So next year, they're going to have a million. And the year after that, they're going to have 1.5 million. It just kind of bothers me. I don't know. Is the Liberal Party privy to any of that information? They claim it's going to be anonymous, Roger. No government has ever leaked any kind of data. There's no chance that that data will be breached. Don't okay. worry. Let, let's pause here for a sec on the anonymity point, right? Because, you know, supposedly they can collect the data anonymously and we, you won't be able to link the information to an individual. Okay. So we won't know whose banking information this is. More importantly, the government won't know whose banking information this is. And in the Beleaguer Talkies Facebook group, um, Christopher both commented on this and he said, I think it's worth digging deeper to find out what statistics Canada plans to yield with the data for future economic policies to be formed. I agree that they should should be evidence-based. The information, as long as it's treated with the appropriate statistical standards and privacy, might be beneficial for any political group responsible for creating fiscal policy. Now, look, I think that there is this um, spectrum of privacy that, that some people interpret, and to me, it's almost binary, right? You're, you either don't have to share information with the government, or they can come and collect whatever information they want. Now, here's an example, right? I watch videos on the computer from time to time, uh, mostly YouTube, Dave, 
mostly YouTube. Now, here's what I don't want. I don't want the government anonymously collecting what kind of information uh, or what kind of videos that I'm watching on YouTube. It's really none of their business, even if they can't link it to me. Now, if we want to make evidence-based decisions, then go out and just plainly ask people for the information. Hi, we're the government of Canada. You're Dave Ware. I would like you to open the trunk of your car so I can see what's in there. And then you'd say no. <laughs> or you'd say yes. Right, exactly. And they can make evidence-based decisions without having to try and, and play in the gray area. But, you know, so, I mean, listen, Christopher, both, I love you. Ever since I met you in Starbucks that day, buddy, nothing but high fives for you. But you bring up a really interesting point in the Facebook group, which is that if it's collected anonymously, I say anonymous or not, it's still none of the government's business. And I think that we need to really stop, um, you know, giving the government an inch in these matters. We need to, we need to um, not have a blurred boundary of privacy between the state and the individual. Yeah, I am fully on board with that. Uh, I don't really see why they would need. I'm sure someone could tell me why. Maybe Trevor would be able to, to give us a good reason as to why that would happen. And and Scott made a point, a, you know, a little tongue in cheek point about, uh, you know, history shows if they offered double air miles, people would willingly give them the data, <laughs> which he's the man has a point, you know, um, but well, at least they're being asked and maybe they're not being asked by the government. But if someone's collecting your data, at least they're asking for it. This is the government literally just going, did we take your data? Can't tell you. Did yeah. you take my data? <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. We're not at liberty to discuss that. Oh, interesting. So, okay, there's a couple of things that, that pop up here. And the, the whole point about double air miles is not only have they been asked to volunteer the information, they've been paid to volunteer the information. They get double they've air miles. They've been compensated for it, which is a huge part of the picture here that's missing from this nefarious stats can liberal plan. But the other side of it, Dave, is, is you've got to ask your question. You've got to ask the question, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that they can do? I mean, this is like what every, you know, reasonable corporation goes through to try and protect themselves and the and the end users of their of their products and their goods and services. They're like, what's the worst that can happen here? Oh, a child could swallow it and die. Okay, well, let's make sure that we label this as like a choking hazard. And we'll, we'll try and like, you know, uh, uh, you know, make a case for every negative eventuality. I think that Canadians could ask, what's the worst that the liberals could do with this information or any you know, ensuing government of Canada could do with this information. And it's really quite nasty, I would think. It's quite simple. Yeah. They, yeah. they actually do link it to your SIN number. Then they go and check your uh, tax records and make sure that everything's lining up properly. And if not, they come after you, right? Yeah. But look, let's say that they find in, that there is a, an above average amount of deposits or something like that. Like, let's say that they get half a million bank account records and they determine like, my goodness, there is in savings, uh, you know, $800 billion in this country, as close as we can estimate. That's dead money. It's money that's not moving through the economy. So let's tax it. That's what they could do with this information, right? Thomas sure. Mulcair floated that idea of taxing dead money, saying that if you've got money in a corporation, then it should be taxed year over year. So, so like what, before the company can put that into the economy and actually make the economy grow, the government should first get its hands on it? Guy's insane. Uh Back to your air miles point, I'm on board with this plan. If those 500,000 people, 5,000 bucks off your taxes. <laughs> right off the top of your personal taxes. Anything you owe, if you don't owe anything, you get the money back as a refund. <laughs> right. Then maybe I'm okay with it. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, But yeah, yeah. I think that 
it's so funny to me, the partisanship in these, in these arguments, right? It's like, cause we know that if that, when, um, for example, the conservatives wanted to, uh, what was that bill they had called when it was when they were naming bills, catchy names, it was like the protecting children from internet predators act. Like, do you remember this? No, yeah. Fill me in. Well, it was, I mean, it was, I, I might be wrong on the name of the bill, but it was basically this snooping bill where they could see what, you know, they could check out your ISP and figure out like what websites you've been visiting, right? It was just a total invasion of privacy. And the justice minister at the time, Vic Taves, stood up in the House of Commons and said, um, you're either with us or you're with the child predators. And People were like, uh, no, dude, I'm sorry. This case is not binary, actually. This is a matter of privacy. You can want to protect your privacy and not want to have sex with kids all at the same time, believe it or not. By the way, Vic Taves, I believe, had an affair, uh, allegedly had an affair with a babysitter or, or fondled a babysitter <laughs> or something like that. He's got some kind of uh, typical politician behavior in his past. But the point is, is that liberals were up in arms, rightfully so, when the conservatives wanted to have this, we're allowed to dig into your computer thing. And now that the liberals want to dig into your bank account, oh, it's fine if Justin's doing it. He's dreaming. Because first it's, oh, we want to, you're with us or you're with the child, uh, you know, predators. And and then it's, you're with us or you're with the Nashville predators. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm still with. I'm not with the predators. No. Hey, are you with us? We're going to see Predator. (laughs) Yeah, that's what comes next. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, okay, so uh, one more thing from the uh, the talkie group. Uh, lots of good stuff that generated this week. Mm-hmm. Very proud of this little close group of ours, our little think tank. Um, so I asked people today. I said, uh, you know, and ignoring the fact that my least favorite argument about the Olympics is, well, we could use that money for, you know, again, you borrowed a hundred bucks from me to go buy a birthday present for your mom and now you're going well what if we use that money for something else instead it's like no it wasn't your money in the first place it's my money anyways ignoring that for the time being the uh the yes side that that you're clearly on being a communist that you are uh no i'm kidding um you're you're, they're saying that we're gonna get a big economic boom that i think the numbers they were floating were crazy like ten dollars for every dollar we invest is bullshit. Uh, anyways, they're saying that there's going to be a big economic boom that we're going to gain financially. So my question was this. The city is putting up – it's less than $300 million now, but let's call it $300 million. Uh, You're not getting any matching funds from the province. You're not getting any matching funds from the federal government because none of us are voting for any of those guys. But you, Roger, you get $300 million. You have to spend it. You can't keep it. Um, and I want you to spend it on something or some things – that will uh, improve the situation of our city uh, economically or financially. So, like, it'd be great to build a hospital, but unless that hospital is going to bring jobs and, you know, pay for itself, that might not be the thing. Okay, so I got to build something, and the sole purpose of it is to benefit the city economically, financially. Yeah, you're going to stoke the engine of the city. You get 300 million bucks to do it. And and I'm only going to answer this on one caveat, that you... And nobody else can say, oh, that would cost more than $300 million if I'm in the ballpark, okay? okay yeah. <laughs> I don't and my only caveat is that you have to wear some kind of fishnet stockings while you do it. Oh, I, I wear them for every episode, so Excellent. Okay. box ticked, my friend. Um, oh, man, I'm really on the spot here, though, Dave. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Well, $300 million, hey? How much does a pipeline cost? <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really it's a really fascinating question because like okay. you, you think sorry, about it in the context you... of all these infrastructure projects that have been proposed, and I don't think any of them would do the trick. But sorry, what are you going to say? Well, I was going to say while you're thinking about it, I can read some of the stuff that the talkies came up with. Sure. So. Eric uh, was talking about maybe an oil refinery. I think probably a bit more than 300. And where would we put it? Like Acadia or? No, in Kensington. Put it like in the heart, like Drew Farrell's riding. Give her something to be proud of. Yeah. Uh, And Scott uh, went a little bit more the other direction that we're talking about, which was, you know, paying for things that we're already talking about bringing in, maybe a field house or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So a field house, there's something to be said for that. You might be able to generate funds for it, depending on what your deal with the tenant was, right? Mm-hmm. Possible to make money on a stadium. Uh, Brent pointed us to a list of uh, uh, unfunded uh, capital projects, which was interesting. If you have a minute, you should go and read that. And Graham was saying that he would spend a ton of it to bring companies into the downtown. Yeah. See, I'm leaning on uh, that. Graham's on the, the same bus as me. Um so what I would, I think that this is a difficult one for me, I think, Dave, because I'm fundamentally opposed to like, you know, this, this kind of expenditure, but I think that I would um, do everything I could to build a bridge, a, a metaphorical bridge between the University of Calgary and the empty downtown office space and just try and create like a, like a, uh, a mine of of talent that could be work from Calgary. <laughs> Sorry, because you, you said build a bridge between the university and downtown, and build a mine. I was like, where are we going with this, Rogers? Some sort of metal, metal or uh, mining going on here? Let me break it down for you this way, because I'm not making a whole lot of sense here. But we've got a really good university. We have a really good post secondary infrastructure in this city. Right, we have two universities and a great technical school, and then a couple others like Bow Valley and and uh, St. Ambrose and all this stuff, um, and uh, St. Mary's, I think. And then we've got. Um, uh, a lot of dead office space downtown. And we know that there are some companies that are kind of diving in, like Garmin, for example, seeing the opportunity here, right? And what I would like to see is is more of the Silicon Valley looking at Calgary and saying, it makes a lot of sense. Like, there's just so much talent up there. Uh, there's so much uh, cheap office space. Labor is so much less expensive. And whatever I would do with that $300 million, it might not have a tangible, um, hey, look, you can see it, you know, touch it and feel it. Um, but I would spend that money just trying to make sure that we had huge companies employing Calgarians in fields where they're experts. Huh. Interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. I just had an idea. It's a wild, crazy idea. I would take half of the money. I would offer it to Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise to shoot the next Mission Impossible movie <laughs> here in town or part of it. And we bankroll half of it. And so we pull part of the profits because I could turn that 150 million into like 400 million. No problem. Right. <laughs> nice. Our city would become a movie maker. <laughs> and we, hasn't everybody in like, remember Vancouver did that forever, like film credits and everybody wanted to film in Vancouver. I think they still have a pretty robust film. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, the credit and, and Georgia has done that to great success. Yeah. Oh, Walking lots Dead of, stands lots up. Lots yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Dude, shooting out of Georgia these days. Um, but I'm not talking offering them some credits. I was just like, here's some money. Do Make it. a movie. <laughs> Outstanding. Oh, it man. better be good, too, because otherwise we're just flushing this. But you know what? Half these ideas probably flush the money anyway, don't they? 
And everyone in Calgary has to go see it for free. Right. Yeah, that's just it. <laughs> you know, Dave, I'm, I'm nearing the end of my clip, but I got one special silver bullet in here. It's all polished up. And, and uh, um, I, Charles Adler is a, a great radio host. He's probably a, a household name in this country. People who listen to this talk, or the, our podcast, might have some exposure to talk radio, know who Chuck is. Um, and Chuck was a really good, um, or is rather, no, it was. He was a good supporter of mine. He appreciated what I did. Um, but anyway, I don't, I'm not trying to like polish this guy's apples. Uh, I didn't follow him on Twitter. I actually had to block him on Twitter because he watched Longmire and finished Longmire before I did. And so I <laughs> was really nervous that he was going to spoil the finale for me. So I had to block him on Twitter for a little bit. Uh, but I've been following him again since I, I completed Longmire a while ago. Anyway, he popped up in my feed. He had some, he had some response to someone's tweet. And it, Charles's response was that he and his family, when he was young, escaped a country where they rolled tanks on people who wanted a little taste of freedom. So yes, I do know what socialism means. That paraphrasing. So then I looked at the tweet that he was responding to, and it's some jackass who had the nerve to respond to one of Chuck's tweets and say, can you even define socialism, old man, or are you just trying to foment rage? And it was like, it was this like crystallizing moment for me about the, like the, 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 just the clarity of my argument and why I am a conservative and why I vote capitalist and why I, I really cherish capitalist values. And it's this, Dave, it's that you get people like that jackass who would challenge Chuck on this point, um, who only know the ideal of socialism, who only know the, 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 what they read in books, right? Just go to Cuba and look around. It's fucked. Okay, it's not a good thing. And they always hearken back and they look at like, well, yeah, the Soviet Union didn't work. Like, no, it doesn't work anywhere. It's not great anywhere. You've got, sure, you've got some lovely examples in Northern Europe where you think socialism is just tickety-boo for everybody. But look, it's just go and visit these places. It's got some pretty wicked drawbacks. And that's why we like what we do. Anyway, that's my last bullet in my clip for this episode. I hear you, Roger. Um, I got a couple of gears I could grind, but <laughs> we're, we're getting towards the end. I uh, just had the uh, the best of Calgary voting has just come up on my feed again for the year. Oh, yeah. and I was, I was going to tear those guys this trip, but I realized it's all just sour grapes because we didn't win last year. That's the only reason that I would have any issue. Okay, but hang on. Legitimately, though, does that stuff, do you care about that stuff? Um. It kind of ticked me off that we lost to a podcast <laughs> that hadn't actually done an episode in the calendar year. What, The Strategist? Is that the Yes, one? Yeah. correct. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I, th- those guys are great promoters, too. Like, I think that, I don't know. I, I just don't care about this stuff, like, at all. Like, one <laughs> iota, right? I never won an award in, in radio. I never even applied for them. And I just see them all, and I'm like, that ah, who cares? Just get paid. Money in the bank. That was the thing for me. I hear you. I just want to spread the word, you know? All right. I dig it. That's all I'm talking about. Well, um, guys, why don't you do this then? Beleaguered talkies. On, on, on bended knee, I, I, I ask you, I pray ye, would you tell a friend about the National Talkie League? Would you share this episode and just say, it would mean a lot to the boys. They're good, hardworking fellas. How about a share, huh? How about a share? Uh, yeah, I like that. Okay, Roger, I want to throw two, two things at you and then we're done. All right. Number one, actually, this one's more for Brian, but, uh, I just completed, (laughs) oh, never mind which Brian, all the Brian's, uh, I just completed last month. I completed, I watched 
every single James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. I, uh, I made a list. I made a spreadsheet. I assigned each one of them a random number, and then I sorted them. And then I whited out the text so I would not see which one was coming up next. It was fantastic. I'm well, thinking about doing something else this month. All right. Sorry. What was the last one that you watched? The l- very last film was, uh, sadly, it was A View to a Kill. Oh, my God. Which was like worst going one. out on a whimper. Yeah, oh, oh, it was terrible. Now you Just hate terrible. Bond. Now your last memory of, Bond, of a, watching a Bond movie was terrible. <laughs> but interestingly, uh, every movie was better than I remembered watching. Really? Like the last time I'd seen it, except for On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which I always quite remembered liking. This time it was just stu- like stuck out like a sore thumb. Hmm. It was slow and it was long. Interesting. Uh, so that was kind of fun. And then I was trying to figure out what I should do for the other uh, days of the month. But, of course, I had a very busy month with shows and stuff. So I ended up actually just sneaking in under the wire. But uh, I'll have to think about what I want to do for another one, whether it's like Elvis movies or other <laughs> spy movies that aren't James Bond, but sort of James Bond inspired. We do the Bourne films. We do the in like Flint and Matt Helm. And there's all uh, there's no end of them. Right? I challenge you to watch Lindsay Lohan movies. <laughs> Adam Sandler movies. Oh, hey, did you watch? I, I sent you I sent you yeah. a text earlier this week. Did you watch any of Adam Sandler's Adam stand-up Sand- special? Yeah, he's got a new stand-up special on uh, on um, Netflix. It's called 100% Fresh. And Dave, I, I've watched maybe a quarter of it. And I love the idea. I really love the, the, the concept of it. But it's just not funny. You weren't digging it? No. I like the songs. I don't, his stand-up's not, not awesome. But I, uh, I enjoyed many of the songs. All right. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I got nothing there. I said two things. One was Bond. What was the other one? It's a good sign that I don't even remember. <laughs> so. uh, I guess we just call it there then, because I don't remember. Uh, oh, one thing you could do. I, uh, yeah. I'm doing a lot more social media stuff with my Lego stuff. So if you want to uh, check that stuff out, uh, I'm on the Facebook and the Twitter and the, the Instagram. It's Innovative Play by Dave Ware. Brilliant. Uh, so you could check that out if you want. Anyways, I'm posting more now. It's the only reason I brought it up. Love it, man. Awesome. You got some yeah. new uh, Lego sets too that'll probably make their I way into some. Did I some bought a lot? I, I went almost a full calendar year without buying a single Lego set, and then being in November, I just caved. I bought like four <laughs> sets this week. Amazon had a uh, sale on. You know, they have their lightning deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. They had this Batman set from the 1966 Batman. Right. It's all stylized and uh, it's like 320 bucks in Canada. And it was on like a lightning deal for 169 US. But I had to ship it to my dad's place down in Arizona. So I don't know what the shipping is going to come out to. I think I'm still going to come out <laughs> way ahead. But yeah. Right. Anyways. All right, man. Anyway. Well, uh, thank you very much, Beleaguer Takis, for uh, you know enjoying uh, some time spent with us. Again, it means a lot to us. And uh, my clip is empty, Dave, until the next episode. Roger, I just remembered what the other thing was. <laughs> we need to set up a, a little get-together. You and me or everybody? You and me and everybody. All right. Little, uh, you, you have some contacts in the uh, world of, of nightclubs. And gentlemen's clubs, don't you? Oh, yeah. We could all meet at a gentlemen's club. I'll go on right between the last stripper and the meat trough. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can find a little pub or something that'll uh, 
we get. I guess we don't okay. have to set up anything in advance. We could just say we're going to go to this. Well, everyone come and meet us. Right? <laughs> That'd be fun. Let's talk about that offline because uh, okay. and we'll 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 see if we can do that because we talked about doing that last year and it just never happened and, and yeah. it would be really fun to to just be together as a group and just hang out and, and chat. So that's well, something you know, that's totally doable. We're getting near Christmas, so maybe we'll set it up a little closer to Christmas and it'll be like our little Christmas party or something. I love it. All right. I say have a great sports weekend. You've been listening to the National Talking League. Show notes from this episode can be found at nationaltalkingleague.com. Support for this podcast comes from you. Please share it on social media. Give a five-star review in your favorite podcast store. And connect with us on Facebook. On behalf of Roger Kincaid and Dave Ware, thank you.